0: Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the great vision you've given to us to serve you in our time, to follow you, and to obey you. We're grateful. Lord Jesus, we ask for your spirit to lead us. Lead us, Lord, in our lives, in our service, in the days we have left on earth, that we might please you and obey you, do your perfect will to the very end. Thank you for this great blessing. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. It's a great honor to be here again um, with Pastor Dominic and the team here in Singapore the last time I was here was before the pandemic since then we've had a pandemic (laughs) I believe the world is coming to an end so all the many experiences things we are having are all part of the end end of everything because Jesus is coming amen and we'll soon be out of here I believe that Pastor Dom shared a very powerful message um, about the garden when God asked Adam, where are you? So I'm going to try to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> and just like he was saying, you know, when you, there are certain questions that are even prophecies. They are not even really questions. Where are you when I when I ask my wife some of questions at home like where are my slippers what I mean is please help me to find my slippers (laughs) it doesn't really mean where are my slippers because I know they are somewhere (laughs) so these type of questions they are very deep prophetic revelations yes where where are you where are you in the realm of the spirit Where are you in relation to God? Jesus asked, Jesus said about a a young man, he said, you are not far from the kingdom. So that means that in the realm of the spirit, there is distance. And for Jesus to say, you are not far, meant that there was distance in the realm of the spirit. And so this young man had progressed spiritually to the place where he was now not far and so we, we, we have distances in the realm of the spirit where we all are at different places in relation to God and in relation to his will, in relation to what he wants to do with us. So I believe that that's really the question that God was asking. Amen. And uh, it's very important that we all... Um, thank you. I'll let you, I'll call on you soon, so just hold on. Uh, it's very important that we, 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 we all ask the Lord where we are, and uh, in, especially in relation to our calling. So, um, Revelations chapter 3 and verse 10. has an important uh, scripture. It says, and I wrote a book about this line here. It says, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, the word of my patience, I I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation. Uh, The word of my patience, I have a book called The Word of My Patience. If If you have, you can project it. Uh, is your calling is a word of my patience it's a word that requires patience to fulfill and to obey and everyone must recognize that the word of God to you and God's call to your life is a word of my patience patience is your ability to tolerate delays and to tolerate all that comes whilst you are waiting all right so that's the book up on the screen the word of my patience all the books available uh, are ebooks so because thou has kept the word of my patience so i believe that you know pastor dominic told me that he's been in this church uh for 43 years and uh, he's, he's, the, he's been the senior pastor here for uh, 18 years. You know, because there is nothing that can be accomplished in two years. Wow. Yeah. Right. right. There's nothing that can be accomplished in three years. It's a word of mind. If God sends you to Singapore, God sends you to Malaysia, God sends you to Jakarta, is it's a word of my patience or a word that takes patience and steadiness, calmness to accomplish. And without understanding that it's actually a word of my patience, you can easily jump out of where you're supposed to be and jump out of where you belong and go to the wrong place because it's something that takes your lifetime. Ministry cannot be accomplished in three years or in five years. It's your life. You are sent to give your life. Why? Because Jesus gave his life. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, he was giving all the years that he would have lived. He gave them away. Jesus gave all the years that he would have lived. He gave them away on the cross. He gave his 40th birthday. He gave his 50th birthday. His 60th birthday. 70th, 80th, 90th. Maybe 100 even. He gave all his years away on the cross. And so he's requiring from us equally a a fair exchange to say thank you. Thank you for your life with my life. Yes, thank you for loving me and I love you back. Thank you for loving me with your whole life and I give my whole life back to you. Can I have an amen from somebody? And so when, uh, what is his name? Cain came along with a sacrifice of vegetables and salad. God said, no, no, no. No, I don't want this salad. (laughs) God is one of the people who doesn't like salad. (laughs) I need a life for a life. I give my life, I give your life, you give a life. And so I... Every person who claims to serve God and every person who claims to want to follow Jesus and to do his will. I I can assure you from the beginning of the Bible to the end, there's nothing about giving some weekends or giving a vacation to God. It's about giving your life to Jesus Christ. And it means all out. And so that's the, that's the painful lesson that Cain had to learn right at the beginning of creation, that God doesn't do well with pot gifts and salads and vegetables and I don't know what else you want to give to God. He does well with your life. He will call you as a young man and he will use your whole life because he gave his whole life for you. Hallelujah. Amen and so it's very very important uh there's very little you can accomplish um with some you know a little bit of zeal here and there shouting and all that advertisement and so listen god wants your life that is all you have to give up your life for jesus christ amen and so i have a book called losing suffering Sacrificing and dying—that's the title of the book. <laughs> and I know that it is not a nice title, sounding maybe not sound, doesn't sound nice to to. Um, it doesn't sound nice to the softy Christians that we have today. But it is the, every single one of those words. Can you please put the book up? Every single one of those words is a Bible word. Yes. Losing, And I hope I'll get a chance to share about that. Losing. Suffering. Losing. If you don't lose your life, Jesus said, you cannot gain it. Suffering. The Bible says we are called not only to believe on him, but also to suffer. Sacrificing. Present your body a living sacrifice. And all through the Bible, there's sacrificing. People sacrifice for God from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, anybody, David, Solomon, anybody you know about who we follow and who we admire sacrifice themselves and sacrifice animals and sacrifice everything for God. And then the last word is dying. Can you please put the uh, p- picture up if you have it? All right. I'd be so happy if you can do that. All right? And uh, dying. Dying is the, uh, the last one. <laughs> These are, Jesus, Jesus died for us. He didn't live for us. He died for us. He died on the cross. Our religion is the religion that has a founder who went somewhere knowing that he was going to die. I don't know any other religion which has such a leader. He knew. And that's the the book on the screen. Losing, suffering, sacrificing, and dying. These are Bible words. I was in America once when they were doing a book uh, thing and I, there was a lady who saw that she said, wow, this is an awful cover. Nobody would ever, no one would ever want this book. You know? But I have published over 40 million of my books. Yes. Even though it may not look like a a title that somebody wants, but there's no, nothing that can replace the cross of Jesus Christ. You know? There's nothing. Um... Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. And God has chosen that by the foolishness of preaching, people should be saved and that we should sacrifice, you know, uh, the power of the cross. There is power in the cross. So thank God for all the wonderful messages that we have. But I tell you, nothing can... Uh, replace the power that is released through the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. So anyway, that's a very powerful uh, book there. But today, I want to share with you, and we'll be trying to answer all the questions, the question that Pastor Dominic was uh, posing, uh, where are you? Amen. Now, um, I have a book called Loyalty and Disloyalty. All right. I want them to please display that book as well, loyalty and disloyalty. All right. All right. Beautiful. That's it. And um, one of the things that happens to us is that we are often not faithful to Jesus, to God. So First Corinthians chapter four, verse two says that. It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Thank you. You can now change the screen and maybe put a scripture if you have it. All right? Just flow with me. I'm like a river flowing. You need to flow along. Yes. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. It says... It is required. So all of us here who I believe are in the ministry, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Amen. And the word faithful is the word loyal. Okay? It's a word constant. It means to be constant. It means to not change. Not change. And you know, as the years go by, you find that you find yourself agreeing with the Bible. <laughs> and you start wishing more and more. Oh, the main thing I want from you is that you'll be faithful. More than anything else. But as the Pastor Dominic hands over command to Pastor Gerald and others. You know, I, I just feel more that, oh, wow, yeah, it's great. And this is the main thing that I wish for whoever is going to be here is that a man should be faithful. Yes, a man should be constant and should not change. Uh, the, all the problems come because we change. All happy marriages are no more happy because there's a change. And people change. They were nice, smiley, giggling, laughing, and no more giggles, no more laughing, no more uh, excitedness. There's a change. And so the changes come and change everything. But it is required in stewards. Please remember the scripture. It's required in pastors that we don't change. Adam was asked, where are you? In other words, he was being asked, have you changed? Remember, I put you here, and I put you in charge of everything. And he comes back a few years later. No one knows how long after he was created that this thing happened. It could have been thousands of years. It could have been millions of years. And then God comes in the cool of the day. Adam, where are you? And, and you realize that things, something has changed. And what has changed is that he has had an interaction with the serpent. That's what I call the serpent seed. The devil has spoken to him. And has entered into this person who was put in charge. It is quite an interesting question that Pastor Dominic has posed to us. Adam, where are you? Because it is actually perhaps maybe the best transition message you can ever have. You put somebody in charge. You leave all the animals with him. Huh? Which are the members? The church members. <laughs> you leave the whole, the whole world, the rivers, the land, that, that is the buildings, the money, the trees, everything. And you walk away and you come back after some years and ask, where are you? And guess what? He has been interacting with a serpent. And some, a serpent has been able to convince him to change. Yeah. Faithfulness is gone. That is why he says it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. That's why churches cannot grow up sometimes beyond a certain point. Because people are afraid to have assistants. Because you put your assistant in charge... And you go away and you come back, and whilst you were away on holiday, a serpent came to the person, <laughs> spoke to the, the assistant pastor who you put there, and everything is changed. So you have to ask, Adam, Adam where are you? You ask, Pastor, where are you? Where, where is everything? What's going on? Where are the animals? Where are the animals? Where, where, are the, where are the members? Where are the people? Yes. I know a pastor who doesn't go on vacation because he, he, he does not want to leave his church for anybody. Yes. He doesn't want to leave his church for anyone. Yeah. Some, some people will not even want to leave their church for their wives. <laughs> <laughs> because we have di- these days we have different types of wives <laughs> oh yes, oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> recently a pastor told me how his wife left, left him and came to start a church in front of his church like <laughs> opposite opposite yeah a real pastor with a huge church I mean, when he was telling the story it was like a fairy tale and he said, he told his wife what she was going on. What do you want? She said she, because you can preach. She said, yes, I want to do my own thing. And she persisted and she left the church and came and started the church in front of the other church. Yeah. You see, because the serpent had spoken to her. The serpent interaction the seed of the enemy, yes, has had an interaction with a person. And that changes the person. The pure, sinless, holy, good Adam who was put there is changed. He's changed. And that's why people are afraid of, 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 of appointing people, of putting people in charge because of the changes that can come. And that when you come one day and ask, Where are you? you will get an answer, or you will see, even if he doesn't answer the question, you will see that there's been a change. And, and, and you wish you hadn't uh, ever done anything like that. I remember one pastor, he told me um, he, he went on holiday vacation. To America. For six weeks. And when he came back, he had a church of 3,000 members. Now all my stories are true, except the stories about a fox or a wolf or a rabbit or something. Once the story has people in it, it is a true story. (laughs) And when he came back from his holiday, the pastor whom he left in charge told him that Uh, God has spoken to him whilst he was away. And God told him that he must leave. He must resign. So the pastor said, well, I have just come back. Today, I just came today. And the the man said, no, but God says now. God says now. Yes. So the pastor left. And can you believe? When the pastor left, all the 3,000 members left him and he was left with 18 members, including his wife. The 18 members included his wife and his children. 3,000 gone. Minus 18. So 3,000 minus 18. He lost his whole church. Because whilst he was away, this guy, I don't know what he had told him, Congregation, nobody knows. And so all of them moved away. But a few, a few months later, this pastor got sick. I don't know, I think he was fasting. Yes, and he went into a coma. And he never got out of the coma. He died. Because there's a curse. Bible says in Zechariah 5 verse 3, there's a curse in the house of a thief. You can't steal a whole church and just walk away like that. Yeah. We have church thieves. <laughs> thieves of members, thieves of congregations, thieves of... You, you steal the life work of somebody. So 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 is very important. It is required. In stewards, that a man be found faithful. God wants his pastors not to change. Yes. You, you listen to what people are preaching and you realize there's been a change. Listen to the average Christian and the average pastor preaching. We are no more preaching the Bible, all kinds of motivational speeches and nice sounding words. But the Bible, Bible teachings are no longer there. And that brings a curse to the church. What is it like when the, curse, the church is cursed? The church starts to wither. There's a lot of withering. Because what did Paul say? Paul said, if anyone brings any other message, any other gospel, apart from this gospel, let him be accursed." There is a special curse for varying from the message of the gospel. And that curse is everywhere in every church which has shifted from the mainstream and the main message of God. There's nothing like God sending you without telling you what to preach. Look, look through the Bible. You not find anybody who is sent without being told what to say. This is where to go and this is what to say. Everybody say this is where to go go. and this is what to say. say. There's nothing like this is just go and say anything that comes to your mind. This is where to go and this is what to say. Whether Jesus, Jesus preached the kingdom, said go and say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He told his disciples go and say these words. Jonah. In Jonah chapter 3 and verse 2, look at it. Jonah was sent to preach again. He said, go and preach the preaching which I bid thee. The first preaching is what I preach. You can't come up with your own message. And today we have invented preaching, invented motivational speeches and all kinds of variations of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Until you can hardly recognize us and and realize that these are preachers and preaching. This is something that God has sent. And so that is why it is required. It is required in stewards that a man should be found faithful which is the same. If you can just get somebody to be the same. And you can get somebody to be constant. And you can get somebody to be loyal and faithful. I believe that will please God. And Jesus said, you know, at the end of your life, we are going to hear this message. Well done, good and faithful. Not just good. Not just good. Good and faithful. Or good and constant. Good and the same. The same in a good way. You see, because we are also always changing. And we are also moving on because the holy spirit is a river so there will always be movement in the spirit there's always movement but there are things that are the same and there's many aspects our heart must be the same our faithfulness but we are we are moving in god i i, I believe that i am the same as i was when i started in secondary school i i still love the gospel I preach. All these crusades are just, this is is my recent gospel preaching. I believe in the gospel. I don't believe all this motivational crap. Sorry if it disturbs you. I, I, I have the Bible. I went to school. I studied medicine for seven years. I'm a preacher of the gospel, not a preacher. I can't come to you and preach physics and chemistry. I can't come and talk about biology here. I can't bring economics and other, I mean, psychology to come and replace what the word of God is. We have done that. And we clap for, because people seem to have big churches with all these things. But God wants us to be faithful. And that faithfulness is what is going to bring the great blessing. So, pastors, you know, God would have used you to do more. God would have done greater things, and God wants to do greater things if you come to the straight path that he called us to. Flow with the Spirit, and you find yourself, what else are you going to say? You know, someone was telling me, you know, as for you, your preaching is like basics. So I was asking, what is basics? (laughs) I preach about the basics. He said, I don't have revelation. That's why I'm preaching basics. I said, wow, if the, the basics is the gospel, then I will never shift from these basics. I'll never move away from these basics, if that's what you call basics. So, I believe that if you are here and you are in the ministry, I mean, I don't know where you are. That's the question. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you in God? Where are you in the realm of the Spirit, man of God? Yes. How far shifted are you from the original calling? You can't move away from the original calling. Paul said, I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. There's no better and higher message than Jesus Christ and him crucified on a cross. That's how come we are here. We are not here because we are promoting education or promoting anything else. We are here for Jesus. Jesus is Jesus. Jesus is our savior. He's our lover. He's our lord. He's everything. Oh, yes. And once you shift away from that, you just become another religion. Something else with some good ideas. No, no, no. I'm serving a living, real Jesus. Yes. Who is alive today? Oh, yes. You know, I was in Fiji a few days ago and I was laying hands on people. When I came to a lady, she started screaming. Young lady, she started screaming, moving away, I, and I don't know why. I didn't know why. She kept running up. She kept moving away. She would look at me in fear and move away. But anyway, I kept praying. I like to pray for people twice sometimes. It doesn't sound like the first time they are in the flesh. So when you lay hands, it's like you're laying hands on a monument. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I, I you know I went a couple of times because we were having a camp meeting. But the next day the pastor spoke to me, he said, Do you remember the lady that was moving? I said, I didn't remember because there were a number of people. So there was this lady. And she said, she told him, she said, and it, when I came there, she saw three angels. Yeah, with me. She saw them. I was like she was scared. Each time I came, she was seeing the, these angels coming to her. I said, wow, it's real. No, I haven't seen these angels, but I believe in them. <laughs> yes. I believe Jesus is real. <laughs> Hallelujah. I believe Jesus is I believe God is real. The Bible is true. Oh, yes. And in the realm of the spirit, where are you? How far have you shifted from the heavy gospel that God has given to us? Where are you in the realm of the spirit? Where are you going? Pastor Dom shared a vision. I hope you don't mind me saying all these things. Pastor Dom shared a dream that he had. He was entering into a house. That house is a church. And that church is a big church. It's a church of churches. And in the realm of the spirit, it's entering into a place with demons. The place that can be most demonized is the church. Yes. When religion stays for a long time, you have it becoming a habitation of devils. Yeah. The people who killed Jesus were pastors. Look, Jesus wasn't killed by thieves. He was killed by men of God, Pharisees. He was killed by religious people. Because when religion stays for a long time and departs from God, you have the unimaginable coming into the church and the unimaginable taking over. That's why you have all kinds of horrible caricatures. When Jesus came to this world, the people he spoke very strongly to that we wouldn't accept such preaching today. You hypocrites, vipers, dead men's bones, uh, 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 whitewashed sepulchers, I mean brood of snakes, viper. You're reading to people and you tell them, you snakes, you vipers, cobras. They were all pastors. They were all pastors. Spiritual leaders who wrote books, Pharisees, they were writing. Writers. And so you see the church beginning to endorse all kinds of things and all kinds of shiftings take place. That's why God has to keep on calling new people. Haven't you noticed that God seems to always raise up a new person who everybody rejects and it takes years for the person to be accepted. Then after some time, that person goes off. Then he has to call, start again with another new person, a new young man who nobody knows, no one likes, no one believes in. And he comes up and he goes along till that one also goes off. Then he keeps on calling. God is... Very, very, very patient and always calling people. Yeah. So where are you in the realm of the spirit? Have you become a hypocrite? Just like Jesus said to the Pharisees. We look good on the outside. Oh, yes. But on the inside, there's something different. So in Matthew, Jesus had the strongest rebukes for the church. Today, you can't even preach strong things in the Bible. It's like it's too strong for the church. Yeah, it's too strong. And we are pastors. We are men of God. Everyone is following us. So if we've shifted off it, it, the responsibility, we've, we've shifted off his, off his will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so serious. You know, I was talking to Pastor Dom the other time. He was asked, so where are you? Where are you? That question, where are you? And I was telling him what is happening to him in the realm of the spirit is that he's actually a bishop. You know, a bishop is an overseer. That's what's happening. That's where he is. That's what he's moving into. You may not use those terms. It's not about using the terminology. But that's what it is. It's a pastor of over pastors. It's not just a pastor of a single church. Because Jesus, Jesus never sent As to one place. (laughs) And in the Bible you never have one church. You never have just one church. It's a right to the churches. That are in Asia. The churches. No one ever has one church in the Bible. It's always a series of churches. Jesus never sent. He was talking to the 12 disciples. And he shared the whole world for them. I'll say it again. I said, Jesus was standing with 12 disciples and he shared the whole world for these 12 people. Go into the world. Preach the gospel in Jerusalem. Beautiful. Samaria. Samaria is people who are close but are different. Huh? People that are close but different. Like Indonesia is close but different. Malaysia is close but different. China is close but different. That's Samaria. And then where? Judea. Judea. Yeah, Judea is close but different. Then Samaria is even more different. Like Europe. <laughs> and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. Kenya. Places like uh, Kenya. Kenya, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. It depends on where you are. And that somewhere is the uttermost. You know, I thank God for assemblies of God. I thank God for the assemblies of God. Why? Because assemblies of God have done everything all, all over the world where I have been. Right? It's his assemblies of God. Pastors in churches. Missions. They've been going. I don't know if they are going now, but they did. <laughs> they will send people. Mention the island. Mention the country. Whether I was in, I was in Katahina in uh, 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 Colombia. Barranquilla in Colombia. Bogota. Everywhere. You see them. Malaysia. Pastor Prince, God bless him. And all of them, assemblies, I was in Fiji, uh, and Tonga, I was in Tonga, and Fiji. And you see, pastors, assemblies of God, the missionary who was sent to Fiji, he was eaten by the, the, the people. Did you hear me? I don't think you heard me. I said he was eaten. Thomas Baker. Yes, he was eaten by the the, the islanders. They ate him. They cooked him and they ate him. And when you go, I uh, know that was the Methodist. That was the Methodist, yes. But there was assembly, Assembly of God there. You see the people, they gave their life losing, suffering, sacrificing, and dying. Assemblies of God, you find they've been losing, suffering, sacrificing, and dying for God's work for years. Are we still losing, suffering, sacrificing, and dying? No. No, if you want me to say the answer, the answer is no. There's a change. There's a change. That change is where Pastor Dom is being sent into. In the realm of the spirit. Yeah. And that change is what changes everything. The power goes away. The strength goes away. The money even goes away. That's why you find us selling our buildings and selling our headquarters and selling places that have been the base from which we send people all over the world. We have to sell them now. Because the church has lost power and lost grace. That's why God is asking the question, where are you? Where are you? Where am I? Where am I? I've been a Christian for so many years, serving the Lord and working in the church. Where are you? Where am I? That's the question. It's a very deep question. It's a prophetic question. It's a question that this church has to ask. This right, this church has to ask itself, where are we in the realm of the spirit? And where is every single pastor in the realm of the spirit? Yeah. So you know where you are going to go next. And if you don't answer and you don't keep on answering well, you keep shifting from where you started and you can't even believe. You can't even believe. I preach a message about old Solomon and young Solomon. Everybody say old Solomon and young Solomon. Solomon. Young Solomon was a great guy, you know. Young man, he was a man of dreams. He had dreams, and God spoke to young Solomon. Young Solomon was a builder of the house of God. Young Solomon wanted only to, he said, give me wisdom that I may, I may, I may, I may look after your people. He was a shepherd. Yay, young Solomon. But old Solomon. Huh? Old Solomon loved, Bible says he loved many strange women. <laughs> Not young Solomon. Uh, you look at your Bible. He said, and when Solomon was old, he loved other women. Not when he was young. You see, this problem, we say young people have these problems. That's why I believe in young pastors. Yes, I believe in young people serving the Lord. Because we often blame young people. Oh, young people are full of lust and we have problems with drugs and all these things. Look, it takes youthful strength to even stay on course in God. Yes. Old Solomon built the high places and he built temples for abominations. Young Solomon built the temple of God. What a change. That's why God is asking the question, where are you Solomon? What are you doing? What are you doing now? Where are you in the ministry? And you see that's the abomination that comes into the house of God. By the same person, but an older version. If you are here in a young man, remember what John said, I write unto you because you are strong and you have overcome the wicked one. So let us ask ourselves, where are we? Because God wants us to be faithful and constant. It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful, constant. Amen. So my prayers to Pastor Gerald and Cole, as you take over yeah, the command, just faithfulness. Yeah, faithfulness to what? Faithfulness, faithfulness to, to God. Faithfulness to your pastor who, who, who recommended you and who is appointing you. Faithfulness to God's will. And no change in your spirit and your heart as you serve the Lord. Oh, yes. It's required. Only one thing. That a man should be found faithful. Even if they call it basics, be faithful to the basics. Can I have an amen? amen? Now, let us look at the stages, the stages by which we change and go off course. Stage number one, stage number one, the independent spirit. Stage number one, the independent spirit. Yeah. Now, this is any interaction with the devil leads to independence. Yes. So stage number one is independence. Pastors change when you become independent from God. God never designed anybody to be independent from him. There's nothing like independence. Psalm 95 and verse 6. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture. Just the sheep of his hands. Just the sheep of his hands. Psalm 95 verse 6 and verse 7 tells us that we are just the sheep of his hand. We and sheep are the most dependent animals. Yes. Depending on your shepherd to lead you. Oh yes. But when you have an interaction with the serpent huh? Then you stop wanting to follow so adam didn't want to follow god anymore he wanted to be his own man that's the temptation you can be independent every man is offered independence as a temptation it's not only adam every one of us is offered temptation be your own man you you can be a god you won't need to depend on God because you are God. Why do you need God? Why do you need, to, why do you need to pray? That's why one of the signs you can see when a man of God is falling away is that he has no time where he and God alone are meeting. He's no longer dependent on those interactions. He's always with people but never alone with God. When was the last time you were three days alone with God? When was the last time you were seven days? You and God seven days. That there was nobody, just you. Or when was the last time you were with God for ten days? You call yourself a man of God. Or you don't call yourself a man of God. You are a man of man. Man of men. Man of God. Man of God. Man of God. I think I should stop. I'm going to Malaysia to preach. I think uh, they may be happier with me in Malaysia. So I'm, I'm, I'm moving to Malaysia to continue this message. <laughs> Pastor Sikliang wants me to come there. Yeah. Richard. No, I thought you said you were a man of God. Or when was the last time you and God, like you went somewhere on Tuesday then on wednesday your phone was off wednesday you and god were there thursday the whole day and night friday the whole day and night and on saturday you took a plane or a car or went back to wherever when i I just don't know when and you and you and you are saying that the church growth is the church is not growing why should it grow because you are disconnected from the source of life when Adam, when Adam was tempted and he became independent from God, he became like a battery which is now fading gradually until it's over and then he eventually died because he was disconnected from the source of the life. At first he was like just connected directly. Power was flowing and life was flowing. He was going to live for eternity. But when he opted for independence, now he was like a battery which was gradually fading. So, every man of God who is on your own, you don't have time for God. Huh? And you are called a man of God. Honestly, there's not going to be much life and much power. And so, that is the first temptation to be independent. A lot of pastors and assistant pastors. When you are an assistant, you must learn to be dependent and to follow. Once you try to be independent, your own man, you become disconnected from the person who is leading you. Then you start to die. So many, many assistants have an independent spirit. And even wives. Many wives have an independent spirit. I'm going, you go. I have this idea, you have this idea. That's where there are so many arguments at home. Many pastor, one senior pastor, 69 years old, he said, marriage is 91% conflict. He was 69 years old. And this is his comment about marriage. <laughs> it's 91% conflict. Arguing. Arguing, never agreeing about anything. Hey, I think I'm going to Indonesia. Yeah, because I don't think you people appreciate what I'm saying. (laughs) Hey, watch out for people with an independent spirit. Listen, people don't realize. You see, you need to analyze what Satan is doing. He's offering you independence. Independence from what? you be your own man. You cannot be your own man. You are a sheep. You are a sheep. You will never be independent. Even if I put you a cow or a sheep on this side of the island and I say, walk to the other side, will he ever get there? If I put a sheep here and I say, go to Malaysia, will he ever get there? For he will be eaten on the way. Yes. They become lamb chops. He will enter somebody's restaurant and be enjoyed. We we are hopeless without God. Did you hear what I said? I said we are hopeless without God. We are hopeless on our own. We can't do anything. God has to lead us. That is a sheep. So God wants you to accept that you are a sheep. And that you need to be led. And he will just guide you. Yeah. God is keeping this greatness from you. Yeah, you, you, you're going to be such a great person, but, you know, God, God has hidden it from you. And many pastors are deceived into thinking they're going to be great. They're going to be something great. When I have my own ministry, and when I break away, and when I start my own thing, I'm going to be so great. I'll be the next Billy Graham. I'll be I'll be I'll be known across the whole world. I'll be this, I'll be rich, I'll be whatever. But then it seems that somebody is keeping it away from you. So watch out in your spirit that you are not offended. Because when you are offended and you are hurt, you change. That's what changes people. Look at all the members we have in a church till they are offended. When they are hurt, then they change. A nice person who was flowing, who was happy, who was enjoying the church, who was excited, and a good assistant who was flowing and doing well, then he's offended. Offended by what? Offended by anything. And as for offenses, they will happen. There's nothing like a church without being hurt. You will be offended. And when you are offended, you know, I, you must overcome it. A brother gave me some advice some years ago. He said, always have a sweet spirit. Yeah. Yes, always try to have a sweet spirit. Levites in Leviticus 21 were not allowed to have boils and healed wounds. Most of us have been hurt, but have you overcome the hurt? And that is why God is asking the question, where are you? Ah, some of us are so hurt. You are, you are deeply hurt in your soul. And because you are hurt, you can take the wrong decisions. And you know, ask yourself, where are you in the realm of the spirit? Man of God, where are you? Ah, we are we are we are we are we are all hurt, we are all hurting, we've all had certain experiences. Hey Singapore, there are so many things that happen here. Pastors are, there are pastors in Singapore who are hurt. Hurting in in Singapore. Ah, Singapore looks so beautiful. It looks so peaceful. Hey! But you'll be surprised how people in the ministry are hurt and are hurting. And it is your duty not to let it change you. Don't let it change you. Don't let the hurts of ministry change you. Yeah, and that's what happens is the second step in becoming a monster. Amen. Second step in becoming a And this happens with people who have salaries, people who are paid, you know, a lot. All right? Then stage number three, if, and you see this, it happened also in the case of Am Absalom, Absalom was offended because his brother raped his sister. His half-brother raped his biological sister, uh, Tama. Ah, and he was was hurt. All right? Now, the next stage is passivity. Amen. Amen. Passivity. Wow. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Yeah. Where people become quiet and calm. They don't clap anymore. They don't say amen anymore. They don't write notes anymore. When everybody lifts up their hand, they just look at you like that. And they become passive. So watch out for passive people. Do you have such people in Singapore? I think I have to go to Malaysia to find them. They are not in Singapore. One time, one of my pastors, I asked him, why are you so quiet? We were having a committee meeting. I said, why are you so quiet? You know what he told me? He said, I've decided not to say anything about anything anymore. I've decided not to say anything about anything anymore. Do you have such people in Singapore? Uh, Only in Kenya. We are going to Kenya to find such people. (laughs) And you see that they hold back. You have people in the church, they don't give anymore. They don't don't speak anymore. They don't show any happiness anymore. They are in stage (laughs) 3. They are in what? Stage 3. What is stage 1? Independent spirit. What is stage 2? Offense. What is stage 3? Passivity. Passividad. Oh, yes. Jeremiah 48 and verse 10. It says, Cursed be the man who holds back his sword from blood it's like you should have said or done something but you hold back so watch out for those who are holding back now absalom hey he was offended by his uh, brother raping his sister those of you who sleep with people's wives you should be careful for your life Second Samuel chapter 13, verse 22. Absalom spake to his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad. Neither good nor bad. He didn't say, you know, you should have said something good or bad, but he didn't say anything anymore. He was just cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Watch out for those who are in stage three. Hey, this is the largest group. That's the largest group. I went to a church and I preached on loyalty, like what I'm preaching now. Ah, after the assistant pastor, he wasn't happy with my message. So I came, I was sitting on this side, and he was sitting on this side. I don't mean any correlation, but so after he would come to me and say, Oh, thank you for the message. That's all. Or glory to God. He said something neutral. Hey, but after he would criticize my message. When I, was, when I left, he said, ah, what is this message? It's not a good message. By the next year, the pastor liked the message, so the pastor invited me again. <laughs> and when I came the second year, I had forgotten what I preached the first year, so I preached the same thing again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the pastor was very happy for the second time but the assistant was not so happy he just came, just shook my hand and went away but when I left he said, this is not a good message we don't need all this but because he was a disloyal person yeah, ah but the pastor loved my message, so the third year he invited me and I tell you, I crossed my heart, I forgot what I preached, so I preached about the same loyalty again This one was too much for him. This was too much. So he came to the other side. He shook my hand and he went away. When I left, he took my book and threw it on the floor and stamped on it. He said, this is not a book. This is not a message. He was jumping on. He wanted the book to disappear. Because the book was describing him in steps. Oh, yes. That's why I said I was going to Malaysia, because this book is describing some people in Singapore. <laughs> oh, yes. And you see, they become quiet and cool. Yeah. When everybody's laughing, they look. looking. When everybody finds it funny, they don't find it funny at all. And they're cool. Bible says, Absalom met his brother Amnon. And he said to him, neither good nor bad. He didn't say anything. Wow, no, comment. no, no comment. How, how was the mental matter? No, no, nothing. Uh, no comment at all. Did you enjoy the matter? <laughs> Hallelujah. just went on. And the Bible says, after two years, Amnon invi- Absalom invited his brother to a party. Ah, Amnon didn't read my book before he went. If Amnon had read this book, he would not have gone to the party. Because if somebody doesn't talk to you for two years and the person has a party and invites you, don't go to that party. And when Amnon, when Amnon got to the party, ah, Amnon was eating kebab, fish, grilled lobster. He was having a great time. And Absalom said, go and kill him. And they killed him. And he died because he couldn't see. You must see spiritual things. Yes, you must see it in people. Don't just see the outward. The Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, it's not only the outward dress. I I see your suit. I see your shoes. I see your dresses from this mall and from that mall. You must see in the realm of the spirit. And you must see. And Amnon should have seen that Absalom was full of hatred. Yes. So he became passive. Watch out for passive people. Hey. What is stage number one? Independence. Spiritual independiente. Stage number two. Offense. Stage number three. Passivity. Hmm. Oh yes. Stage number four. Critical stage. Numbers chapter 12. Critical stage. Numbers chapter 12 verse 1. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses. They did what? They spake against Moses. Philippians 2 verse 14. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. Watch out for those who open their mouth and criticize. Someone said, ah, well we must be open to constructive criticism i don't believe that i don't see it in the bible maybe it's in third corinthians chapter four verse 18 be open to constructive criticism no 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 it's not in the bible it's not in the bible what is in the bible is that moses and aaron and miriam speak against moses and miriam got leprosy she got sick from that and there are many people that get sick from speaking against spiritual authorities. Thank God for Pastor Dominic. And the good work that he has done. Thank God for Pastor Dauda. Thank God for Pastor Dominic. The good work they has done. You better be careful with your mouth. Oh yes. Hey, Singapore. People can criticize pastors in this country. People can speak on social media. Talking, criticizing, saying things. Big, big things. Against God's servants. Bible says, touch not my anointed. Do my servants no harm. Don't touch them. They are my children. They are my servants. You better watch out. You cannot correct the shepherd. A sheep doesn't correct the shepherd. You can't correct upwards. God will correct him. Or some other person that he submitted to will correct him. You cannot rise up and correct God's shepherd. It's an error. It's out of order. Yeah. Don't think you are too, so mature. I've been around for so many years. That's the spirit of Korah. Bible says 200 men rose up in the, in, uh, out, of, out of whatever they thought to criticize and attack God's servants. Oh, yes. What happened to them? The earth opened and swallowed them up. some of you here, you don't do well. Your ministry is like something that cannot grow. Because your mouth is so big. And you've just touched anointed and attacked anointed people. And that's why anointing cannot come to you. Because something you attack will never come to you. You've lived your life attacking people and speaking bad words about God's servant. You can't shut your mouth when it comes to Benny Hinn. When it comes to Billy Graham. When it comes to Kenneth Higgins. When it comes to any man of God. You add your mouth to people's crisis and people's troubles. You don't know. Bible says we do not exercise ourselves in matters too high. There are matters that are above us as sheep. We are sheep. We are humbly supposed to follow. Like one man of God said, when you've done 10% of what I've done, then you have a right to even open your mouth and, and, and speak. Hey, God loves his servants, too. So God loves his pastors. God loves Pastor Dominic. You don't know how many years he has been here laboring and fighting in this country to build his church. Oh, yes. You open your mouth and speak. You'll be shocked what will happen to you. You know, one day I had, you know, I have a, I had a servant in my house and uh, I had a servant in my house and I had a visitor. Hey, this guy was visiting me Then I I realized he was criticizing my boy, my servant boy in my house. Ah, he's like this, he's like this, he's like this. And when he did that, I I was not happy with him. I was saying to myself, Do you know what this guy does for me? When I come home at 2 a.m., my wife does not get up. (laughs) Some of you, you come home, your wife doesn't get up. It's like you are an armed robber thief who has come home in the night. No, no one gets up, no, but, but this boy will get up. He'll serve me, he'll do this, he'll do whatever. So as they were criticizing this boy, I was telling myself that this man, I will not let him come and visit me again. I will not let him come and stay. He doesn't know how important the boy is to me. And you see, you don't know how valuable God's servants are to God. Don't touch my servant. Don't touch my anointed. You don't know why I like him. You don't know what I like about him. You don't know why I called him. You don't know how faithful he has been to me. You are only seeing one side. You don't know. You don't know. Don't touch. Touch not my anointed. Do my servants no harm. Some of you are so harmful to God's servant and so harmful to the ministry that God has decided that he will also not give you that precious mantle which you struck. Look, if, if you strike me, you strike the mantle before you strike the flesh. So many of you, you think you are striking, well, you are striking the mantle and striking the oil and striking the anointing before you even get to the person. And that's the anointing you want to be on you, to build a church like this. Do you know what it is before, to build a church and to survive and to stay? Some of you will not last five years with all the beautiful girls in the church You'll be down by the first year, six months, one year, six months. You are down as an adulterer and a fornicator. I'm going to Malaysia, I tell you, this is. No, no. I've closed. Yeah. Watch out, those of you with big mouths. God is going to put a rat in your mouth. Mm. Stage number five. What is stage number one, quickly? Stage one. Independent spirit. Stage number two. Offense. Watch out for offense. Let your spirit be clean. Stage number three. Passivity. Watch out for those passive behaviors. Ah, we want excitement. We want joy. We want a good flow. Amen. Stage number four. Critical stage. Do all things without memory and disputing. Stage number five. Political stage. (laughs) Politics. Involving people. What's politics? Parties. Party politics. Yes, that's Absalom. Eish, Absalom. Bible says he, he went around and he got 200 men to follow him in the innocence of their mind. When you come to Anakazo Campus in Ghana, I have a statue of Absalom being caught in a tree. Oh, yes. Those of you here who attack your fathers. Eh? You know, Pastor Dom is a father to many people here that's why you are even here those of you who can attack your father your name is not Peter your name is Absalom if if your mother called you Peter I'm telling you I'm giving you your real name your real name is Absalom a man who can attack his own father King David can take a knife and a sword and chase King David to go to try to kill your father who brought you to this world who appointed you Who ordained you? Who helped you? Who introduced you? Who who helped you in your life? You take a knife to chase him out of the church and to attack him. My goodness. What type of creature are you? What type of person are you? There are Absaloms here today. In the realm of the spirit, your name is Absalom. You think you are just speaking there, but you are speaking, you are attacking. You are cutting down your own father. And somebody who has been good to you, Hey, it can never be well with you. One day there was a man, I heard him speaking some word. He was so hurt as a father. And he started to speak. He said, this guy is an Absalom. He was speaking about one of the sons he had raised up in the ministry. He said, this guy is an Absalom. He has attacked me. That he started to say many things, and then he said he will be hung, but he'll be hung by his words. His words will hang him in the realm of the spirit. Hey, it happened when it started to happen, and it started to be downloaded from heaven. It was frightening. Yeah, watch out when you are dealing with fathers. What's a father? A father is not an old man, a father is someone who causes you to exist. If I cause you to exist in the ministry, I'm your father. I don't have to be old to be a father. In fact, most of us were young when we became fathers. Yes. A a father is not an old man. He's somebody who calls you to exist. He brings you up, makes you to to exist. That's why I only pass a praise God right now as a father in my life too. There are many things that he did for me. I would not, not be there if it was not for him. And I don't think I would even know Pastor Dom if it wasn't for Pastor Prince. And I'm sure Pastor Dominic even looked at me for the second time because of Pastor, Pastor Prince, because he saw even my, my, somehow was related to Pastor Prince. All these are blessings that come from fathers. Yes. Watch out for Absalom. Ask your neighbor, are you one of those Absaloms I need to move away from you right now? Ask your neighbor, are you one of these Absaloms who can attack a father? I'd like to excuse myself. I don't want to sit near you. I don't want to sit on the same row. I don't want to sit on the same row with an Absalom. Hey. People who are Absalom, they are very quiet as I'm preaching this part. Yeah. they want me to move on from this stage political stage (laughs) because Absalom is the politician Absalom is the one who went the Bible says he went and he says see thy matters are good and right yes, my time is up right I'm, I'm ending, don't worry I'm ending, I'm ending, I'm ending, don't worry I'll continue tomorrow Absalom cannot escape from me, I'm telling you. I will deal with him. I will finish him off. (laughs) I'll finish him off. If I don't finish him today tomorrow, I'll finish him off. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) What is stage number one? Independent spirit. Stage number two. Offense. Offense. Are you offended? Are you offended? I I hope not. Stage number three. Passivity. Those who don't clap. (laughs) Those those who don't say amen anymore. They don't say amen. Hey. Stage number four. Critical spirit. You criticize. You criticize my preaching. You criticize my preaching. Can you preach like me? (laughs) Can you preach like me? You are criticizing my preaching. Have you ever been invited outside your country before to preach? (laughs) Have you ever been invited outside your country to preach? And you are criticizing me. Or I should say, have you ever been invited a second time? Some of you, when you went to preach after the first time, they say, oh, it's okay. We we are full. We don't need you anymore. (laughs) Stage number five. Political stage. Stage number six, deception. Put the stages on the screen. Yeah, deception. Don't be deceived by. Don't be deceived by anything. Deception, Mm. where you start to look at a person, and you start to say, Ah, Adam. If they were so deceived, the serpent. I'm sure his tongue was smooth. I'm sure they were just looking at the snake as his tongue was coming out. If oh. it oh. <laughs> was so impressed, it was so impressed and Adam, they were fooled. Slanderous. Look, Derek Prince said something. He said, if this is what the devil can do in an environment where there's holiness, goodness, and he could slander God and deceive one-third of the angels. Imagine what he can do in Singapore. An environment where there's no sin, there's no evil at all. And look at what Satan was able to do to take one-third of all the angels and lead them astray. How much more in a church where you, you, you lose a slanderer to go around saying things and doing things. No, 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 no. That is why we teach about it. That's why I believe in teaching about loyalty. Because if you don't teach, people will follow in the innocence of their minds. Yeah. So don't be deceived. No one here will be deceived. No one. Some of you have already been deceived and you followed Absalom's already. But today is a turning point. That's why we started this morning's session by asking, where are you where are you where are you where are you in the realm of the spirit where are you where are you where have you reached in the realm of the spirit so deception and the next one is what open rebellion oh yes all these are done secretly but then finally you come out in the open most traitors and disloyal people are secret agents They work undercover. But then suddenly one day they have to come out. And that is what happened with Lucifer. He openly rebelled against God. That's what happened with Absalom. He openly rebelled against his father. That's what happened with Judas. Judas, if you read John John chapter 5, Jesus knew already who was going to to betray him. But it took all the way up to John chapter 18, 19 before we saw who Judas was. It took... More than 16 chapters in the Bible to bring out Judas. Open rebellion. Watch out for Judas. Hey, no one here will be Judas. Listen, my, my prayer for you is that you be faithful. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, it would have been better that you were not born. Wow, I didn't hear him say that about anybody. Yeah, Some of you, you, you will react to adultery and fornication. You say, ah. Why don't do that? It's very bad. But when it comes to being a traitor, when it comes to being disloyal or changing in this negative, you not react in that same way. But Jesus, what was Jesus' reaction to the woman who was caught in adultery? He just said, "Oh, look, don't do it anymore. Okay, go home, run, run, run," and that was the end. What was Jesus' response to uh, uh, what was Jesus' response to uh, uh, the woman of Samaria who had five husbands? He made her an evangelist on that day. He didn't even let her go to Bible school. He made her an evangelist immediately. But what was Jesus' response to Judas? Jesus said it would have been better that he was not born. May you be delivered from such an evil Jesus. And finally, execution. That's the last stage. Execution. A new life. You'll be cut off and you'll be cast out. May you never be executed. What do I mean by execution? Thrown away. You wither. You become nothing. You become nothing in the ministry and nothing in the eyes of God. All people who have become rebels, they become nothing. Oh, it's just a matter of time. They wither and they turn into nothing. That's why Pastor Dominic explained to me before I got up here. He said, I've been in this church since 1980. And I've been a senior pastor since, since for the last 18 years. He's not a rebel. He's not a rebellious person from somewhere who tried to take over something. He's a faithful person. And our prayer is that, and I know that another faithful person is also going to be the pastor. And my prayer is that you'll be faithful yes, to whoever is there. And in your church, wherever you are coming from, Pray for faithfulness. Uh, pray that you will never change. Stage number one is what? Yes. Independent spirit. Stage number two, yes. offense. Stage number three, yes. I can't hear you. Yes. Passivity. Stage number four, yes. critical stage. Stage number five, yes. political. Political. Yes. Stage number six, yes. deception. deception. And stage number seven, open. No, open rebellion because it's always been secret. And stage number eight, execution. Being thrown down and turning into nothing. Stand to your feet, please. Where are you? Ah, actually, these are seven, eight places you can be. (laughs) This message is an answer. Eight places you can be as an answer to that question, where are you? I can be in open rebellion. I can be in independent spirit. Lift your hands, everyone. Thank you. I want everybody to pray because this is the whole introduction of Satan's serpent seed into our lives. My God, my God, my God, my God. Oh, let me never be independent from God. I need God. I need God. I need to wait on God. I need to meet with God for three days, for four days. I need God without my phone. I need God without my communication with the world. I need to wait on the law. I need to hear from God. I cannot be independent. I need to be free of the offenses. The hurts that have gone on in my life and my ministry. I need to come out of the passivity that is that has engulfed me because of my hurts and my pain. The pain I've experienced in the ministry. I need to come out and overcome criticism. I need to learn to shut my mouth and stop criticizing honorable people. And people who God has used and God has a reason for using. I need to come out of politics. I need to overcome the politics in my congregation, the politics in my staff, the politics among the pastors, the politics among the leaders. Oh God, I need your grace. Oh yes, 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 yes. Every type of deception, every type of wickedness thank you jesus thank you jesus for all that you've done for us thank you for helping us overcome all rebels and rebellious things in our lives and our ministry in the name of jesus now if you are here and you believe that god is setting you free from any of these things you want me to pray with you just come step to the front very quickly I'm going to pray with you as we close because we are closing and I'll be praying for you today. I'll pray again tomorrow. I pray every time I preach. If you want to be free from any type of disloyalty or any of these stages, come quickly to the front right away and uh, we are praying. Father, thank you. Thank you for all those who are responding to your word in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands and be set free by the power of the Holy Spirit Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Come, 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 come. Come, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. There are people here. God is setting you free from the power of that change, the power of wickedness and faithfulness, disloyalty. Just come quickly to the front. I want to pray with everybody who comes and all of us. Father, thank you for your power. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for moving in our midst. (rés�리) Oh, yes. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you thank you, thank you Lord in the mighty name of Jesus lift your hands everyone lift your hands and pray with you Father thank you for our lives thank you for the touch of your spirit thank you for your power that is flowing oh yes oh yes thank you for healing receive healing receive grace receive power every word that has come out of your mouth that is a critical word an evil speaking you are healed of it right now in the mighty name of Jesus receive the grace of God right now receive it receive it receive it receive it receive it, receive it receive it, receive your healing, receive your healing receive your healing, thank you thank you oh yes, receive the grace of God, power is flowing power is flowing thanks, thanks thanks thanks. touch everyone as I touch them Lord, touch change Holy Spirit, thank you thank you, thank you for your mighty power thank you for your mighty power that is flowing, touch and heal oh yes, it's flowing receive the power of the Holy Spirit power is flowing power is flowing take the gift of God, receive it thanks thanks thanks, I don't know where you came from but Wherever you came from, God's power, God's power is flowing through you. It's going to flow through the people there. Receive it now. In the name of Jesus. Touch. Fail. 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 Lift your hands. Lift your hands and receive the gift of God. It's flowing. It's flowing. grace of God. Receive the power. Holy Ghost. Flow. Flow. Flowing. 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 Thanks. Thanks Holy Spirit. Receive the gift of God. Everybody lift your hand. Receive the gift of God. There's power here today. God's power is flowing everywhere, 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 everywhere. Lift your hand in the congregation. There's power for ministry. Power to serve the Lord. Power to serve the Lord. Receive the grace of God. Receive the grace of God. Thanks. 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 Receive gifts. Receive gifts. Receive gifts. It's flowing. It's flowing. It's flowing. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for this young man. Oil, give him your gifts. In Jesus' name. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you for your blessing today. Thank you for touching the lives of many of us. Thank you for giving us a grace. Everybody, put your hand on your heart. Receive right now where you are the grace never to change as far as god is concerned receive the grace to finish i see a cloud a cloud of glory over your head receive the grace to hear at the end of your ministry and at the end of your life well done well done good and faithful servant who didn't change servant who didn't change thanks, thanks Holy Spirit, we give you thanks in Jesus name Amen, God bless you